1: Hello there and you join us here today. We're on the run up to Christmas, so we're talking about something festive. What's the worst thing about being a watch enthusiast? If you are looking for watches, we do actually have a little selection just below the video. If you look down there, you'll see them. And if you buy one, you'll be supporting the channel. Thank you very much. Tommy, it's about this point of the year that I generally have a look back and consider all of my regrets, both from this year and previous. And some of them include watches because sometimes being a watch enthusiast isn't all that. Uh, So I thought today we could both dig out what we believe to be the worst thing about being a watch enthusiast. Is this the kind of festive cheer you can get on board with?
0: Yes, complaining. It's winter, <laughs> we're in England, let's have a whinge about something.
1: <laughs> Set your faces to glum because this is Gripe Mark 7 on the old gas burner, Tom. What have you got for us?
0: Okay, this is, I mean, it's, this this might be too obvious, but the worst thing about being a watch enthusiast is the expense of it all. Um, It's just, the prices are too damn high, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Let me kind of, Contextualise that a bit more. So I'm relatively new to the watch collecting game. Actually, I don't consider myself a collector. I'm too scared to make any more purchases, Andrew, because I don't want to become a collector because it's too damned expensive. But when I when I first started a watch finder, I I came in and I was like, oh wow, Rolex Omega. Yeah, I've heard of those. How much is this one? Oh oh, forget it, forget it. It like my my clumsy analogy is like I saw they were like race cars. And they, you know, only a very select few people get to get to ride in those. You can't; they're not for everyone. That's just for elite few people that can uh, can afford it, whatever. Um, but I, but in my mind, there was no domestic cars from going to A to B. There was no watch equivalent <laughs> of a Citroen, um, <laughs> because I thought that Seikos and Swatches and Timexes were something else that didn't really apply. You know, there was luxury watches, and then there's you know Casios, and that, but that's something else. It doesn't count. That's not race cars. That's just something else mini scooties um but actually you know it, it, I, when we, we got a Seiko in it had a clear case back and you could see the movement I was like wow actually yeah th- that, that's that's the, the same thing that's in the race cars this is cool I can get into that but the trouble is even those cheap ones are too expensive <laughs> even the cheap ones are too expensive Andrew that's my problem because I think what happens is um, and I think I'm again in a new. We're in a bit of a unique position because um, sometimes we talk about being desensitized. We're around the stock, the inventory. You know, we're surrounded by l- l- these luxury items all the time. So you kind of get a little bit desensitized. We sort of chuck them around to one another, um, that sort of thing, like baggage handlers at the airport. You know, hey, check me that Batek. Um <laughs> We get a bit desensitized to them, and and I think also you kind of reframe the the kind of cost and the value in your mind you're like wow that's that's pretty that's pretty good value for a watch Uh, like a newcomer would go whoa three thousand pounds for a tudor that's that's really expensive you know no no that's a good one that's a that's a bargain um and i think that's that's that can be the most frustrating thing i think about being a watch enthusiast is is having to reframe your price bracket of your wallet um the funny thing i think um i don't know if it was earlier this year or the year before i was eagerly anticipating the playstation vr2 that was going to be the hot new headset they teased it they'd shown you the new controllers and the headset and what it looked like but they hadn't revealed the price and when the price was revealed i think it's about 500 pounds everybody winced they were like "Ah, oh, that's too much too much but it's like you know that's a that's a seiko that's nothing, <laughs> is it? In watch terms, <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a little bit of reframing your mind has to do when it comes to the cost of certain watches, and I, and I think you know you, some sometimes that's a bit of a struggle. And I think it's funny when newcomers come along, they can wince at some of the prices, and and as you get more into the hobby, you start to wince less, and you kind of be like, yeah, that's a bargain. Hey, Simpson Swatch watch, ninety pounds! Hooray, ninety pounds! That's quite a lot of money (laughs) for a plastic (laughs) watch with a donut on it. Um, But not anymore. Not for me. That's a bargain. I'll have two.
1: (laughs) Uh, Just the other day, I parked up in a car park and I typed my number plate into the machine and it asked me, how long do I want to stay? I said a couple of hours and it said five pounds. I was tempted to drive to another car park because five pounds was just too much. Yet... £300 for a Seiko, you think, oh wow, or £500 for the. So, what I have my eye on at the moment is the Seiko Prospect Speed Timer, and it's £500, and I think, wow, what an awful lot of watch for £500, that's barely anything. And then you kind of get to the payment part, and then you think, actually, hang on a second, compared to watches, relatively speaking, that's affordable, but compared to the rest of my life, £500 is a significant amount, and perhaps I need to rethink that slightly. And so that. That worst thing about watches and being an enthusiast, being that constant realization that you've talked yourself up to this price, but then actually when it comes to paying, you have to realize <laughs> reality is very different. You, you kind of go through it again and again and again with each uh, prospective purchase, don't you?
0: Yeah, there's an awful lot of mental gymnastics that goes into uh, shopping and, pu- and buying a watch. I think um, there's a lot of justification and lying to yourself. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. It'd be nice to be one of those like really really rich people that just buys watches for fun.
1: But what they do is they buy the really expensive ones and go through the same process with those instead.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the stakes are a bit higher. Yeah, there's just more zeros. Yeah, (laughs) It's the same mental struggle.
1: Tom, I'd like to reveal to you now the thing that I think is the worst thing about being a watch enthusiast. And that is that moment when, uh, and we all do it, we buy something... And then we look to see what the internet thinks about it. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've done this, but you do your research first. It's good to do your research. You don't want to buy blind. But somehow it's like the internet is in cahoots with the people selling the watch. Or perhaps they don't want to hurt your feelings just yet. The person who's on shift at the internet goes, oh, don't show him the bad stuff. Oh, look at his little face. He's so happy about that watch. Show him all the nice articles. Show him all the nice forum posts where everyone says it's lovely. And then once you've bought it, of course, you go, did I check the internet properly? Did I look in all the bits of the internet? And by that point, Janet has finished her shift, and now it's Greg, and Greg's got a chip on his shoulder. And you Google, oh, what do people think about the new blah, 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 that you've just purchased? Yeah. Greg goes, have a load of that. Yeah. You read it. Oh, oh. Oh, everyone hates it. I don't know what it is, but it's after the purchase that you discover that everyone hates your watch. It's the worst watch to buy ever. It's going to lose all of its money. It's going to fall apart. It's probably going to make your skin go green at some point. It's that bad. And you immediately regret every decision you've ever made up to that point because you can no longer trust yourself to do a good job of researching. Um, I particularly pride myself on my ability to Google. I do put Googling on my CV. It's a very important thing. Quite high as well, because Googling is a very important skill set. But when it comes to watches, I don't know. I just can't help myself to check again after the purchase. I know it's a bad idea. I know it's a very bad idea. It's like that moment when you um, fell off your bicycle as a kid and grazed your knee up. And then there's that moment where I think, should I look at it? And then you look at it. Yeah. That's what it feels like.
0: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we sort of mentioned this before. I feel like whatever you do, whether you purchase or not, it always leads to remorse. (laughs) You kind of, oh, damn, I I, I wish I bought that and now I've missed out. Or I bought that and now I feel like I've made a really poor decision. (laughs) What's your motto again? Never, ever, bloody, ever anything. There you go. That's the best way to be, I think.
1: Well, there you go. That's what Tom and I believe is the worst thing about being a watch enthusiast. Of course, there are many, many positive things too. We're just not going to tell you them today. Let us know in the comments down below what you think is the worst thing about being a watch enthusiast and make sure to check out some of those deliciously tempting watches just below the video. Thank you so much and see you next time. Goodbye. Even on a budget,